Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Fair and Federated Insurance. Hey everybody, it's Jim Johnson, the head coach at Contractor Coach Pro and your host here on Contractor Radio. I am pretty pumped about uh, the guests that we're going to be bringing on today. I literally did not know him uh, until I was introduced to him yesterday. had the opportunity to talk with him a little bit here before the show. And uh, this guy's game is strong um, in more ways than one, uh, both from a business perspective and from a health perspective. Our guest today is the CEO of Perimeter Roofing out of Georgia and uh, Cellular Health MD. Uh, Super excited to bring him on today. Todd Price, welcome to the show, man. What's going on, man? How are you? I am. Uh, I'm pretty jacked up about this interview because we got to talk a little bit uh, before this, and you and I actually have a lot of things in common about our background and how we got into this. Uh, would you mind uh, bringing our audience up to speed? Like, where did it all start for you, and kind of what got you to where you are today? Yeah. So, I mean, basically, you know, similar to you, I was running gyms. Um, started. Uh, in high school, obviously, and, and wanted to be bigger. Everybody wanted to be bigger in high school. And so right out of high school and playing sports, obviously. And then uh, right out of high school, um, got a gym membership and met some guys at the gym. And they got me a job there and um, started out selling gym memberships. And then I was like, this sitting, I don't really care about this. I like the, the working outside. I want to, I want to train people. I want to talk to people, help people. So, um, switched over to the, the personal training side of things and, um, started learning as much as possible and getting as many, uh, certifications and, and things of that nature that I, that I could to expand my knowledge and become a better trainer and obviously better in the sales aspect too, when I'm talking to clients. And, um, I did that for 12, 13 years was, a regional manager for different chains of gyms. And um, while doing that, actually, um, not only did it help with my sales ability, but at one gym in particular, I worked very closely with a extremely wealthy um, business owner that owned this chain of gyms, but also owned a variety of other businesses. And um, so I was like his right-hand man and um got to learn a lot about business from him and how things operated on the the back side which a lot of people don't see in, in any business you know so uh it was it was super cool and that's kind of how i've accelerated and, and took taken off into other businesses from there yeah that's, that's kind of why we even have a business here at contractor coach pro is uh, a lot of guys are really good at selling or maybe they're really good at uh, putting it on or installing whatever it is that they do uh, but they're not necessarily great at business. You know, that's a whole different animal, understanding your finances and process and accountability and culture, leadership, all these things that uh, really are going to determine whether our business is successful or not. So how'd you get into to the roofing thing? Like a health club world, I get all that. And, but how'd you get into, how'd you get into the roofing deal? So um, in the gym, I met a, met a girl, obviously it's always a girl. And um, she's now my wife, but uh 
met her. We started dating. And as you know, the hours in the gym, you know, you're there, especially when I was a regional manager and I was going from different gym to gym. I'd be there at five in the morning. The only slow time in the gym was kind of 12 to four, but that was my time to work out. So then I had to get a workout in um, and then wouldn't get home till eight or nine o'clock at night and trying to start this relationship and, and everything else. And I just, I didn't want to put the hour, those hours in. Um, and I wanted a little bit more flexibility in my schedule and where I was able to work from. And so uh, I actually had a buddy from that I knew from the gym that um, was in roofing. And he said, man, you're phenomenal at sales. You should really look at getting into this. And it just, it, to me at the time, and this was, you know, 10, 12 years ago, it just seemed too good to be true. And I didn't believe it. I didn't believe the stuff he was telling me, the amount of money that he was making. And um, then he started sending me pictures of his paychecks and it was like 2000 one week and then 5,000 one week and 10, one week was 28,000. And I was like, okay, we got to, we got to figure this out. And so I, uh, I quit cold Turkey, went to work for another company and, um, got, uh, as soon as I walked in, they hired me, no real interview process, nothing. Um, gave me some magnets for, uh, my, I didn't even have a truck. I had a Jeep, um, gave me some magnets for my Jeep, some boots, some cards, t-shirts, and said, all right, here's a lead. Go do it. Didn't teach me anything about what I was doing. I had no idea. Um, had grown up around construction my whole life. My dad was a, a custom builder for 47 years. So I knew a lot about construction, but not necessarily about roofing. Um, so, but they didn't teach me anything. It was just no training. They just threw it at me. And I said, well, if you're not going to train me, this doesn't make sense. I went home and talked to my girlfriend at the time and I said, we got to figure this out because they're not training me. And if I'm going to have to figure it out on my own anyways, we might as well do it on our own. And so um, I started a company and uh, took about eight, nine months to really get going from scratch. And um, before I even really started bringing home any money, I was reinvesting everything back into the business. My wife was working a job making like $400 a week at the time. And we were eating, you know, ramen noodles or whatever. And I remember we had a living room with no furniture on the floor. Like we just sat on the floor and there was a TV and that was it. So we she, must, she must really like you. I think she does. She says she does. I know she stuck around for about 10 years. So <laughs> I'm hoping she's, she's in it for the long haul, but, uh, but yeah, she held it down for me for, for, for a long time. And we went through some, some rough times without anything. So as soon as I started making money, I said, well, that's it. You stay at home, take care of the kids, do whatever you want and live life. So that's what she does. She's at home right now with our two kids and we got a third one on the way. So her, her ROI was really good. It was, it was, <laughs> it was extremely good. That's <laughs> pretty awesome. Yes. Uh, so, so now perimeter roofing uh, in, mm -hmm. in Georgia. Um, I, I think anybody watching the show, if you guys are listening um, you, you can't see Todd, but if you're watching the show on YouTube, uh, Todd, you're a big dude, man. Uh, it looks like you might have pushed a little iron over the time. Uh, have you always worked out? Um, pretty much. I mean, my dad worked out when I was growing up, and so I would, you know, go in the gym with him growing up. And then when I got into 
high school, I would always take weightlifting. I really wasn't a big kid in high school and um, obviously didn't know what I was doing. Once I got into the gym industry, then I started learning more and more and um, started competing in bodybuilding when I was 19. Um, won a couple shows, won the Teen Atlanta um, when I was 19 and um, and then took some time off. Went on a little sidetrack that kind of derailed me for a while and then um, got my life back together and got back into bodybuilding and, and straightened everything back out. So seems like a lot of us uh, about that time in our lives uh, tend to get off the rails a little bit. Maybe we'll come back to that if you're open to, to that. Absolutely. Um, so uh, you, you said, hey, I'm just gonna, like, that's an unusual story, just so you know. Um, I, I, most of the time you hear, I was working for somebody and I was there for a little while, like not just a few days or a couple of weeks, whatever you were there, but you know, a month, two, three, a year. Um, and then, Hey, I don't really vibe with their culture or I could do it better. Or why am I making that guy all that money when I'm not getting anything from them and they go off and start their own. So for you to just literally go, Hey, I can do this. I can figure it out. What were some of the, the biggest mistakes that you made during that first seven, eight months? Um, the biggest mistake I made early on, um, and it might not necessarily been in the first seven or eight months, but the biggest mistake I made early on was growing too fast, not from a, a number of people standpoint, but from a location standpoint. So, you know, this was 10 years ago or so, and, you know, I was young and obviously – wanted to look cool. So I thought the more states we were in, the cooler it looked. And so we were in seven states, but I had one or two people in each state and, you know, and um, so we weren't able to, to service a large area. We couldn't get to every client. Um, we couldn't give every client the, the kind of service that they deserved. People were dropping the ball. Um, so I scaled back and uh, we're in three states now. Well, four, uh, four states now, but um, we did that and our numbers went through the roof. So, so you? I think that's me. Right. I, 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 that's okay. No big deal. Um, those things happen on on, uh, on the show. And it happens to me every once in a while. It's, I think one of my Google voice numbers comes through my computer. I was going to say, I think that's a Google voice number because I've had that exact same thing happen to me before. So uh, you thought, hey, a bunch of locations would make a bunch of money and uh, found out that that maybe not be the right route. Um, what, did, what, did that, what did it help you do whenever you brought it closer, whenever you brought it in and reeled everything back in? We were able to, uh, you know, a few different things. We were able to hone in on, on targets or on um, target areas and really kind of flood the market um, with, with advertising and know that no matter how many leads came in, we could handle them all because we had the manpower versus everybody being so spread out. Um, the other thing was that we had an office and everybody right here to where we were also able to give those people the, the service and the quality that they deserved. Um, and all the crews local versus, uh, we, we need to do two builds in, South Carolina tomorrow. So we got to send two crews up there and get them a hotel. And so we were saving money in different avenues as well and less stressful sending people around to different areas. So, um, and it's just more efficient. 
So, yeah. I, you know, I, I've always been of this thought process, dominate your market, saturate your market first. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, once you've done, because there's always room to grow in most right. markets. Um, once you have that pretty much dominated, then take it and, and go to that next place. It's pretty cool. Good advice. Um, I see a lot of guys do that. And, and uh, fortunately for you, you were able to to really back in and control it. Uh, most guys wouldn't be able to. They would they would keep chasing it. A lot of times out of just pride. Uh, pride I think that's pride. what I was about to say. I think 100% it's, it's pride. And it's, you know, I think it's also the reason why a lot of people don't open businesses or open secondary businesses or, wh- or whatever it may be is because it's pride. And I, I do a lot of public speaking and I tell everybody I've failed and screwed up way more times and, and had way more businesses fail and lost way more money than the successful ones I have. It's just the successful ones stand out a lot more. And that's what people know me for. So, so you can't be scared to fail and you can't be scared to take a step back. If you know that it's the best thing for you, you got to stop worrying about what people think. So um, you, you started this business from scratch pretty much without a whole lot of knowledge, if any other than some background from building. What did you do to gain that knowledge? How did you like, because it seems like you gained it fairly quickly within first seven, eight months. You know, some people takes years uh, what'd you do to gain that information? So I watched a ton of YouTube videos. Um, I tried the whole fake it till you make it thing. That doesn't work out. So I watched a ton of ton of YouTube videos. I went to as many training courses as I could on anything at any supply house, whether it was shingle related, um, TPO, um, you know, a code, whatever it may be. I just wanted to learn as much as possible. Um, not only to add, you know, more certifications to my resume, so to speak, but also just to meet more people, make more connections, learn more, um, about the business as a whole. And, um, so I did a lot of that. And then I also, when I was out in the field, I played dumb with adjusters. So I would always play, Hey man, I'm new at this. Anything that you can, you know, help me with. Even if I was six months in, a year in, sometimes I would still play dumb just so I could try to learn more, especially if it was an older guy or an older, sometimes you get an older guy that's got an attitude, but sometimes if they can take you in like a father figure and teach you something, it makes them open up a little bit more. And um, so I'd play that card all the time. And I learned a lot from adjusters and and ladder assists and things of that nature, just being out in the field as well. So. Yeah, that's, that's an awesome piece of advice right there, too. And guys that do the insurance restoration world, uh, which I've got some experience in that myself, I, I will never forget his name. His name was Bo Bohannon. He was about, I don't know, five foot nothing, um, wore Chuck Taylor tennis shoes, drove a huge Ford F-350, jacked up, had ladders all over it whenever he showed up. And I'm like, who is this guy? Like, what's going on? He gets out of the truck. He goes, hey, man, I'm Bobo Hanna. I said, I'm Jim Johnson. I don't know anything about roofing. Can you show me what damage and stuff looks like? I think I saw stuff up there, but I don't know. Uh, and he literally, like, took me under his wing. Not just on that one, but he said, hey, you really want to learn this? I said, yeah. He goes, you come with me. You run tape measure around. Be the, be the dumb end of the tape measure for me. And uh, I'll teach you. I'll teach you what to look for, how to measure, how to get it all done. I'm like, dude, sign me up. And uh, for the next 30 days or so, I was kind of his his guy. 
and got a lot of business out of it. And that would be some advice I would give anybody new in this if they're doing insurance restoration. Um, do the right thing and be honest, be transparent. Don't try to 100%. be somebody you're not. Um, I noticed something I, when you were talking about the health club thing, you got into the, the um, being a trainer and getting a lot of certifications. Then in this, I asked you a similar question, like, uh, what would you do to get the information? And you, you said, hey, I went to all these things to get the certifications. Now, there was also networking, getting to know people and stuff like that. But what does that certification aspect thing do for you? Um, a couple different things. One, you know, it obviously teaches you the trade. Um, some of the certifications more than others, just like with training, some of the certifications are going to be better than others, as we know. Um, but the other thing is just gives you more credentials. Um, you know, and the more credentials you have, the more it kind of helps you stand out in, in the marketplace and amongst your competitors, so to speak. Credibility. Yeah. Uh, hey, I got this certification. None of my other competitors do. I asked because I was the same way. I went, I went and got every certification I could possibly get, even in stuff I probably wasn't going to sell. I don't even do. Yeah. I wanted a whole page of just all the certifications and all the logos and everything I could put on there to like validate that I actually knew something. Uh, so, so, so far we're on, uh, on a similar path. Um, I, I also noticed something as we were talking. You grabbed a gallon jug of water. <laughs> so, so I'm doing this whole 75 hard thing. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Yeah, right? Andy Priscilla, first form. Yeah. Have you ever done it? No, I I do it 365. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like you're already doing it. Um, I, I let myself go. I'll be honest. I, I, I was in pretty decent shape. I tore an Achilles two years ago. Um, the pandemic happened right after that. So I had all these excuses of, of why not to. Plus, the business was growing really fast, and I was having to work a lot, or at least that's what I was telling myself. But I was creating all these excuses. And so I started this whole 75 hard thing because kind of got tricked into it on a podcast, to be honest with you. Uh, somebody called me out. I was like, hey, you want to do it with me? I'm like, yeah. Well, guess what? That guy's not doing it, but I am. You got to stick with it, though. Yeah, when I commit to something, I, I stick with it. Um, so, do you do you, like? Is it a gallon of water that you drink every day, or is it more than that? What like uh, on average about two to two and a half gallons? Mm -hmm. Good. Lord. So, why so much water? Uh, just to stay hydrated. I, I do cardio every morning. I have my meals throughout the day. I have my workout at night, and then I have two more meals when I get home. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> I, I actually saw somebody, it was just a quick thing on your feed. And I noticed it was like, how many more meals do you have today? You said you get home and eat two more meals? Like you don't have just dinner, like you have secondary, like the, the Hobbits and Lord of the Rings, it's like secondary. So I have six, six meals a day. Right now I eat right at 5,600 calories a day. Holy moly. What are you burning? Are you burning 5,600? Ballpark, yeah. I'm trying to a little bit less because right now I'm in off season, so I'm trying to slowly bulk. But you don't want to do it too fast because then you're going to put on fat. So and you work out twice a day, once early, once later. I do my cardio first thing in the morning, fasted on empty stomach, um, and then after, and then I'll have four meals throughout the day, and then I go do my weight training, and then I'll have two more meals after that. Wow, dude, that's a it's a lot of food. <laughs> yeah, got a big body to feed there, though, too. Um, 
why why the cardio first thing in the morning before anything else? And then you also mentioned that it was fasted. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I do the same thing and I know why I do it. Why, why you? So two best times to do cardio, the first thing in the morning or immediately after your workout. And the best way to put it in, in layman's terms is if I just ate right before I got on here and spoke with you. So if I were to go do cardio right now, really the first 30, 45 minutes, all I'm doing is burning the food off my stomach that's in my stomach versus burning stored body fat that I'm actually trying to get rid of. So you do it fasted. So the whole time, start to finish, you're burning body fat. Ah, okay. That's another good reason. Uh, my, that was not my re- My reason was, uh, you know, when you sleep overnight, you build up a lot of cortisol. Mm-hmm. And cortisol is the fear hormone and a stress hormone. And uh, if you go work out first thing, you get rid of it. Yep. And it's the, the wildest thing. Like whenever I'm done with, when I start my workout, I freaking hate it. I'm like, it's early. I don't want to be awake. The last thing I want to do is start running around and ma- moving my body all over the place. I'd rather sit down, maybe read a book or have a cup of coffee, kind of work my way into it. But if I just take the first step, lift the first weight, you know, do my first run, do my first pedal, whatever it is I'm doing um, to work out. I find that the second one's easier. And by the time I get about five minutes into it, now I'm starting to feel a bit of a rhythm. And then by the time I'm 10, 15, 20 minutes into it, I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's, how far can we, I'm starting to think about how much can I push. And then when I finish, I'm like, dude, that was awesome. I'm like ready to go for the day. Is that similar for you? Yeah, it's a big, big difference for me when I do cardio in the morning. It gets me going, gets my metabolism spiked. And plus, it's just part of everything that I do in bodybuilding for me. um, You know, a lot of it transfers over into the business world from the discipline aspect. So a lot of what I do, I do it to challenge myself, not just to be the biggest, the strongest, you know, best bodybuilder around, but I, I want that discipline because I know that there's stuff that I don't want to do. Like when my alarm goes off in the morning, normally I wake up before it goes off, but if it doesn't, there's days that I don't want to get up and I definitely don't want to get up and do cardio. But <laughs> I just have to, I have to get up and do it. And I know that, you know, and I tell people this all the time, like when you hit the snooze button, that's your first task for the day. When that snooze button goes, or when your alarm goes off, your first task is to get up. And so if you hit that snooze button, you failed your first task. And so from there, stuff starts to snowball. So then you miss your cardio. Well, I didn't do my cardio. I'll just get some extra sleep. I'll have it a rest day. I'll have some cheat meals. I'll have this. I won't work out tonight because it's a rest. What Stuff snowballs. Um, so it's just a matter of getting up and doing it. And same thing with my meals. Every single morning after I do my cardio, I go out. I make all my meals for the day. Everything is weighed out to the gram. And then I package it all up, go take a shower, get ready. I don't want to do any of that. I hate cutting up chicken every morning. I hate cooking ground beef every morning. I hate I hate it all. But it's discipline and it's stuff that I have to do to get me where I want to be, to get to the results that I want. So it's the same thing. It transfers for me over in, into business and anything. There's a lot of stuff that I don't want to do. And that goes with anybody in business. There's stuff that you don't want to do, hard stuff, 
that you may hate, but you have to do it to reach certain goals. So that's another reason why I do it. We were talking about discipline a little bit. And, uh, and, and I wanted to ask you about why, why, like, why are you working out? It sounds like two, three, four hours a day. Why, why, let's start with the health stuff first. And we'll get to the business. Why, why all that? So for me, exercise, a couple of different reasons. One, fitness is just, obviously I want to be healthy. I have, you know, two kids serving on the way. So I want to be around for a long time, be able to take care of them. But um, two, fitness is just my passion. I love it. If, you know, if I can't spend time with my family and work out, then there's no amount of money in the world that, that makes up for those two things. That's what makes me who I am. So I have, I have to be able to do this. Um, the big thing is one big thing is, you know, it's something too, that I feel like a lot of people go out and, um, buy things, um, that they don't need, even whether they can afford them or not, a Ferrari, a, a Louis Vuitton purse or whatever. And you, you, you look cool. You look like you have this status symbol when you're in that Ferrari, but when you step out of that Ferrari, you're back to just you. Or when you take that Louis Vuitton purse off, you're back to just you. And for me, this is something that nobody can take from me and it's mine and it's not something that I own. It's not, so, it's mine, physically mine. Um, and then the other aspect is the, is the discipline and the structure and, the, um, you know, it, it helps me keep everything in line and gives me goals and ways to push harder and harder on everything that I do. And it makes me realize that if I can do this, like, especially when I'm getting ready for a show and cutting down and not eating food right now, is well right now it's hard just because I get tired of eating. I don't I don't want to eat. But it gets the opposite when I'm getting ready for a show where I'm just constantly starving and then I'm doing two hours of cardio a day plus my workout and it's just miserable. And but mentally, if you can put yourself through that kind of stuff, you can do anything, you know. So a lot of it for me is is more mental than than physical, just to know that there's nothing that I can't do, essentially. Yeah, that's that mental toughness thing. I, I, that's what the 75 hard thing is all about. Do you have the mental toughness to stick with it, stay with it, do it on the days you don't want to, do it when the weather's crappy outside, you know, just all the things. And uh, it's a challenge, and it's up and down battle. And mm -hmm. some days you're like, man, I'm ready to go, ripping and roaring. Some days you're like, dude, I just, God. Don't want to do it. Yeah. And that's one thing that I always tell people, you know, like, on those days that you, whether you are a runner, whether you lift weights, whether you, whatever your thing is, or you ride bikes, whatever your thing is, nobody's motivated every day. So like motivation to me does not exist because you have to have discipline to get up and do something every day. So for you to get up and do your workout, you're not motivated to get up and do it every single day. It's just not going to happen. So in order for you to do it, you have to have discipline and know, I got to get up. I got to do this before I go to work. Bam. Yeah. I always look at motivation as the thing that gets you started. You know, mm -hmm. somebody gets excited over something. That's why get rich quick schemes and silver bullet right. programs exist because of motivated people. But once the motivation's gone, are you going to stick with it? Right. You, get, you have the discipline. I think discipline is a big key. And I think drive, like why, like what's the, 
like your why in this is a bit of the discipline. Like you, you, you want to just have that in your life. You also mentioned being healthy. Uh, you got a family, you got one on the way. Congratulations, by the way, that's pretty awesome. Um, and so you want to be healthy, you want to be around for your kids. Well, why the business thing? Like why perimeter roofing? Like why be the biggest in Georgia? Why like have other locations? What, what are you trying to accomplish with all this? Um, I've just always been very, if I'm going to do something like for me, even though if we relate it back to, to training, even though I'm in off season right now and I'm trying to put on size, I don't cheat at all on my diets. I don't have, when my daughter says here, try a piece of this candy. Like I don't do it. You know what I mean? I'll act like I eat it, but for her sake, but I don't, I don't do it. So for me, anything that I do is all or nothing. And that's the same way I am in business. So if I'm going to do something, I'm going to put everything that I have into it and I'm either going to be the best or I'm not going to do it at all. And that's just how I've always been. Have you noticed that that approach attracts a certain type of person to work with you? Yes. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more about that. So uh, it's, it's hard to, 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 it depends on how people have their life structured, I believe. And, you know, if you can make sure that you know that, okay, during this time while I'm working, I'm giving this everything that I have. But then over here, when I'm with my family, I'm giving this everything that I have. And then over here, when I'm with doing whatever this is, my fitness, I'm giving it everything. Some people can't do that and can't separate and they want to be the best in business or the best in whatever. And it's just nonstop and they don't know how to disconnect from it. And it almost drives them crazy. And so it's a good problem, but also it can be, Hey, you need to take a vacation and relax. So uh, uh, that was me here uh, for the last couple of years. Uh, yeah. I, I really got into work. I really got into this thing that we're building something pretty special and putting everybody before me, vendors, the people that work for me, our customers, everything. And it, it cost me. I mm-hmm. put on a lot of weight. I wasn't feeling good. I was hurting all the time. And uh, sometimes we lose that focus. I, I liked how you said it, like this thing, I'm 100% in it when I'm in it. And this thing, I'm 100% in it. And I always look at that as like being present. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in that thing. That's the thing I'm thinking about and doing. So while I'm at work, I'm uber focused. Like, wait, what do I got to get done today? What are the big accomplishments? What are my wins today? But when it's over, hey, my wife is my friend. I'm a little older than you. I've got three kids. They're all graduated and mostly out of the house. My ass, the youngest one. <laughs> She's in her master's program. But um, my world focuses around her. And that's, yeah. she's my responsibility and my, 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 I always term it <coughs> as my job and my responsibility, but it's from joy. I do it because I want to. Correct. I want to. And uh, so that's, that's cool. Like being present. If I, you know, if I'm not working out and I'm not spending time with my family, the amount of money, the work, what it, none of that stuff matters, you know? So you have to be able to enjoy life and, Work is just work. Whether you make fifty thousand dollars a year or five million dollars a year, it doesn't make it doesn't matter. Just you have to enjoy what you're doing and give it everything you got, but also be able to 
separate yourself from that and know that you need to spend time with your family and do things that you enjoy as well. What's the best move you ever made with your roofing company? Um, probably the best and worst would probably be the same answer. Um, and that was bringing on partners. Um, so not all the same partners. Some, <laughs> some are good and some are not. Okay. So, and we have, so we have a little bit, let me explain, explain that more. So we have a little bit different, different model. So when I first got things going, I realized that if I really wanted to grow this bigger, I couldn't do everything on my own. So I was in the field. I was training guys. I was selling over a million a year, every year by myself. Um, I was sending in certificate completions to insurance companies. I was helping people with adjuster meetings. I was ordering materials, driving down the road and taking pictures of it and sending it to the supply house. I was doing everything. And so I knew that I had to have, obviously start off with somebody in the office, but I had to have responsibilities. I had to have somebody that oversaw the crews for me and I had to have somebody that could help in the field as well. So I, um, I had a guy that, um, had all the crews that I was using and I brought him in as a partner, um, and gave him a percentage of ownership. <clears throat> and, um, and then I brought in, uh, another guy, uh, Ray Little, who I trained and now is a beast at what he does. And, um, what does he do for you? So he's mainly in the field. And so he helps guys in the field, trains in the field, um, uh, does, especially if someone's got, uh, got a roof that's super, super steep or a difficult adjuster meeting, or it's a big, big roof and he wants to make sure he gets it approved. He's normally the ones that will go to those type of things. Um, so he helps in the field more. Lance oversees the crew. I'm more back office focusing on the future, different business aspects and ideas and things of that nature. So, um, but then from there to grow more, we came up with the idea that because in Georgia, especially it's not a licensed state. So anybody can go open a roof. My mom can go open a roofing company. Doesn't know anything about it. Sounds like roof. Texas. <laughs> sounds like Texas. Yep. So way different than Florida, you know, we're licensed in Florida and it's completely different ballgame. So um, we would see guys do it for two, three, four months and then go open their own and fail you know, and, and a lot of them would, would not just fail, but would also try to screw you over in the process or steal deals or leads or whatever it may be. And so to prevent, to keep retention and also to keep people from failing, because I don't want anybody to fail. If somebody wants to go open their own, I'm, I'm all for it and I'll help you. I've helped people open their own. Um, what we did was we came up with a way to, to have teams of, if, somebody has a team and they step up into a, a kind of a management role, what they'll do is they start hiring, recruiting, training, managing, um, you know, teaching people how to do the contracts, read scopes, praising, reprimanding, everything that a manager would do. Um, all while keeping their sales up as well, obviously. If they do all that efficiently for an extended period of time, then we give them the opportunity for ownership. So for example, in Nashville, we had a guy that was killing it 
Um, he wanted opportunity for ownership. He wanted Nashville. We moved him to Nashville, and now he owns 49% of that one branch. Oh, wow. So each of our locations is kind of like a um, uh, franchise, if you will. But instead of people buying in, they worked their way up to earn it. So they're vested. So that way people know there's no there's no limit. There's no top. There's no cap out to what you can what you can reach in the company. And that's what I want. I want people to make as much money and have a piece of the pie and be happy. It's a great model. Uh, I've seen that done a few times before, sometimes well, sometimes not so well. Um, it seems like the ones that are uh, about keeping their word and transparent tend to go pretty well. The ones that are like trying to shave a point off here and there for whatever reason, trying to like hide things, uh, those don't go so well. Correct. Uh, so, so nice job. Now, I would say my guess is that there's some guys that when they transition from leading a team to this feel of ownership, is does something change in the culture with them at all ever? A lot, sometimes, yes. So the ones that don't have anything change are the ones that tend to do good. The ones that have this kind of attitude shift of now I'm an owner, now I'm a, a, a boss versus a leader. Go do this, go do that versus, hey, let me show you how to do this. Let me show you. Those are the ones that tend to fail, you know, and, and we've because people don't respect them. People don't they get to the point where people don't want to work for them. And, um, you know, we've actually had to uh, close a few of the franchises down, dissolve them because of that reason. And we just got to the point where they wanted to do it one way. I'm majority owner. And I say, that's not how we run our business. So, yeah, it, But it doesn't seem to have discouraged you from continuing to, to look for that opportunity for others. I, yeah. A lot of people would be like, dude, I'm just sick of that. <laughs> doing that ever again. Uh, um, I mean, the there's, you, you got to, you know, one thing I learned in life is you got to take the, the good with the bad and there's, there's always going to be bad. So, when it's bad, deal with it, learn from it, learn that person's character traits, mistakes you might have made, mistakes they made, mistakes that you could have prevented, things that were out of your control. Learn all that, study the situation. And then same thing with the ones that, that do well, you know, figure out what it is that they do well, find those same character traits in others. And what did you do different with them that you didn't do with this one? Or was it just a fluke and this person was just an asshole and greedy? Or, you know, what was it? So, um it, it, well, you said something that stuck out to me. What's the difference between a boss and a leader? A uh, boss just tells people what to do. What do leaders like, do? Leaders show you how to do it. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. That's a good way to do it. Um, is there anything more you see to the leadership? Other than, like, I can show people how to do things until the cows come home, and they may not be able to do them. Um, and, and I have to let them, it just might not be their thing. Right. Um, but is there anything else that leader does that might be different from a boss? hundred percent. Um, I think one of the biggest things, and this is kind of, this is kind of broad, but I think a leader cares about that person in general and not just about one, not just about work related stuff, but also about if they have, other issues or how they might be able to get get this person or that person over issues that they might be having at home that are affecting their their, their work. Um, also knowing that, you know, hey, I have you in this position, but this isn't what's best for you. You need to do this and you're going to make a lot more money. Seeing, seeing people's faults and seeing people's 
strong points and where they're going to excel at and be happy and make the most money that they can. You put somebody in a sales position that, that, that can't sell, they're going to be miserable. You know, we had um, one girl in here um, that was uh, one of my office managers and she just, it wasn't for her. And I could tell she worked hard, was amazing at what she did, but it wasn't for her. She didn't like being confined. And, but she would always come to me with ideas, different networking groups that she had reached out to, different ways to market, different this, different that. And I said, you know, I understand you don't want to get on roofs and inspect roofs, but I think you would make a lot more money and be a lot happier if you went out in the field and had your own schedule and were a canvasser and scheduling appointments for a sales guy. And now she's doing it. She's way happier. She's making way more money. And it was just something that, you know, that you have to be able to see those things versus just, no, this is your job. Sit there, do it and shut up. You can't do that. Yeah. uh, That's a right bus, wrong seat, right? You just have to figure out and get her in the right seat and things worked out well. She, she might also be, you know, just depending on her and her knowledge and how she carries herself, she could be a good biz dev person from a, a commercial aspect. 100%. 100%. No, she's super, super good on that, on point. Yeah. And she's bilingual, so. Oh, <laughs> none of that hurts at all. Yeah. Not in what we do. Um, if you were going to give one piece of advice to the contractors that are listening to this show today, what, what would that piece of advice be? Ooh. One piece of advice. That's all you get. You can't give them a whole bunch. What's the one piece of advice you'd give them? Um, my biggest piece of advice, would, I mean, it's as cliche as it sounds would be don't quit no matter what it is, no matter what aspect you in business, especially in this business, I've had audits that have cost me a lot of money. I've had, um, you know, past employees or, um, uh, past partners or whatever it may be cost me a lot of money or things that have kept me up at night. And you just have to know that. It's a bump in the road. You're going to get through it. Keep your head up and keep moving forward. So don't let anything get you down. Don't let it bother you. Learn from it and keep going. I like it. Like that, um, I think that's where most people um, go wrong mm-hmm. uh, in, in whatever it is they're doing, whether it's their career, uh, you know, it's a, a relationship, it's um, you know, something they're trying to master. Um, they quit right when they're probably about to just get it yeah. right? Uh, chasing their dreams. Is this, you know, when you were a kid in high school, what were you dreaming of being? Uh, probably, I think a pro baseball player. Ah, yeah. I'm a guy after my own heart right there. That was kind of uh, my jam too. Um, I never thought, Hey, I was going to be a roofer. Yeah. Um, and then when I was, I was like, I didn't want to tell people I was a roofer. I wanted to tell them, I was, you know, I was a home exterior specialist. I was a, a insurance restaurant. Like I had all kinds of other names for it until I decided that I was going to be proud of it. Yeah. And uh, we did some pretty cool stuff. Um, anything you're dreaming of right now? Um, just expanding, you know, other businesses. I'm always... Um, obviously I want to expand the roofing company. <clears throat> um, I want to expand, uh, cellular health. I want to expand my supplement line, my clothing line. 
um, my security company. You got a clothing line. What's it? What's the? What's the? Uh, the the jam on that? What's the tag? Price Apparel. So I have Price Apparel, and then I have Priceless Nutrition, um, which is a supplement line, pre workouts, your BCAAs, proteins, vitamins, etc. Um, so I'm just trying to expand all those and make them better. And um, if I did pick one other thing, it would probably be to open a gym. Um, eventually so i'll probably do that at some point just not sure when awesome that's cool well um todd this has been good it's been really good there's uh there, there was something that you said early in the show um that you kind of alluded to but kind of went over it real quick there's a, a deviation in your path uh between high school and, and, and the health club world um what kind of guidance can you give folks that are dealing with some of those issues, whatever it may be? You know, we there's there's all kinds of bad decisions, but they're all bad decisions. Um, it could be drinking, it could be drugs, it could be uh, all various types of addiction. It could be lying, it could be pride, it could be greed, it could be all. I mean, there's a million different ways to screw up in this world. Um, how do people avoid that, or do they just have to like go through it? You know, so before my business kind of blew up and I had a little bit more free time, um, me and Ray actually owned a men's recovery center that held 30 men that we helped that were addicts. And um, Ray was an addict. I was an addict. A lot of the guys that we have here were addicts in the past. And, uh, you know, I think it's one of the it's one of those traits that if you can overcome and get past it you can you can do anything the hard part is how do you get past it for me i hit rock bottom and um you know i have years and years of my life that i don't remember and was waking up in jail and um got beat with a wrench and broke my jaw four places cracked my skull open there's all, all sorts of stories i could go on and on and um but one day I uh, did a hit and run and luckily it was just a small um, fender bender. And um, I, uh, I went home. Well, I was homeless. I didn't have anywhere to stay. I was, I mean, I did, I was homeless of my own accord. I had the best parents in the world, but I was just screwed my whole life up and wasn't doing anything with it. So um, I went to a buddy's house, fell asleep on the couch and woke up the next morning and just started like thinking and I don't know why, like the whole time that I was going through all this stuff and I could have died from alcohol poisoning or from a DUI or from getting killed by guys that beat me, whatever, like, and getting robbed, like none of that stuff ever bothered me. But for me doing that hit and run, I started thinking, and I, maybe it was cause it was a minivan. I don't know. But I started thinking, like, what if there were kids in there that got out as I took off? Like, what if, you know, so I ha started having all these what ifs and it scared the shit out of me because I don't want to hurt any. I never wanted to hurt anybody. I just I drank alcohol was the downfall to me. And so I remember um, calling my mom crying and uh, asked her if I could come back home. And of course, she said yes. And I remember crying to her and telling her that I'll never have a drink again. And that was November 1st 
um, a little over this past November was 11 years. So, and I haven't had a sip of alcohol, I haven't done anything. And, you know, for me, I, you know, I had to hit that rock bottom. Some people don't have to, I wish people didn't have to, because I don't wish that on anybody. Um, but at the same time, it taught me a lot about discipline and structure. And I think that's one reason why I'm so big on certain things. And I know that what I can do and what I can't do. Um, does, it, does it scare you? Like, does it scare you? Like if you get out of routine, like you, does it scare you? You'll go down that path again? Not now. Um, for a while there? For a while. For a while. Yeah. I mean, for when, when I first stopped, it was like Friday, Saturday night. It was like, what are we going to do? What do you do? What does somebody <laughs> do on a Friday? Saturday? <laughs> now it's like Friday night. And I'm like, you know, like we're in bed at eight o'clock. I'm eating a meal and like trying to get the kids to bed and so like, be <laughs> like first 48 on or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, I think one big thing for me was I have real bad anxiety. So like if I get out of my comfort zone, it does kind of freak me out. And I think that's one reason why I would drink a lot was because it would calm me down, obviously, to the point where when I woke up the next morning and was sober, I would always have to have a couple of drinks beside my bed. So I could immediately have them to drink because I would be shaken. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, my biggest advice would be if you feel like you have a problem at all, if anybody's ever told you that you have a problem, you probably have a problem. You know, I have a lot of, if you've ever wondered if you have a problem, you have a problem, you have a problem. Yeah. So, and, and that's the biggest thing is that a lot of people will get told that they have a problem or wonder. And then they say, nah, I don't, I only do this every now and then or whatever, but it's a problem and you need to stop. And whether you do it cold turkey, I did mine cold turkey, which I know is super dangerous when, when it comes to alcohol. Um, but whether you do it cold turkey or whether you get help or, or whatever it may be, quit because your life will increase immensely. And I have a whole team of guys that could give you a, a reference on that from their life as well. Yeah, we, we support uh, roofers in recovery pretty pretty heavily. It's an important thing to us. Um, although I, I, I personally haven't had those issues. I do have an addictive personality. Um, just haven't, I, I, this is one of the best things about me, I guess, is that I know I have this addictive personality. And so if I was to get into those things, I know yeah, it would be a bad thing. And I think that's why I'm kind of all or nothing like with things that I do. I can't just, I'll eat healthy today. I won't eat healthy. I think like everything that I do is all or nothing because of that reason, because I do have that addictive personality. Yeah. This whole um, 75 hard thing. He said, I already do that. I just do every day 365. <laughs> that's, uh, that's actually how the approach is for me now. Now I, I don't want to be a big, huge guy like you. Uh, all the kudos to you. Nothing wrong with it. Just, I want to be athletic. I want to, I want to have that again. I want to be able to have a grandkid back in April and I want to be there for that. Congrats. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty cool. And I want to be there when he's older and throw baseballs and stuff like that. So if you support um, Roofers in Recovery, do you know Chris Yano? Yeah. Yeah. So when I was in uh, Dallas, 
uh, I had the opportunity. They asked me to be on their podcast. And so I got to hang out with them and, and, and meet them. Super, super nice, nice guys. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's, he saved me one day on 75 Hardy, got me a sweatshirt so I could go work out outside because I didn't bring a sweatshirt with me. It got cold on me. I wasn't expecting it. And uh, he saved my rear end. Uh, but yeah, we do. Uh, all kinds of like our top rep event, like we're going to have a top rep event in Atlantis. It's our high performance uh, sales training event that we do. Uh, as a matter of fact, I got the new shirts. Like they just came in. Today. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, and so when we do that, we're going to raise money for roofers and recovery while we're there. Uh, well, we'd definitely love to be a part of that, whatever we can do. Cool. Let's uh, I'll send you. We, some have a, um, we have a 501 C3 as well to where we do a lot of, giving back to the community and anything that we can do to, to help out, especially whether it's kids or whether it's people in recovery, we're all about it. So 5133C, um, does it have a name? Like, yes, so name we have, it's called Perimeter Cares. So originally what it was, um, was we would go around to schools in Georgia. We started in Gwinnett County. We really started kind of with the schools that we went to and then expanded from there. Um, but we'd go around to elementary schools um, and pay off school lunch debt. So, and if you're we not, do, we do, lunch that too. do you? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So we, in two years paid a little bit over a uh, hundred thousand off for these schools. And, um, and then COVID came in. And, you know, the one good thing about COVID was that now everybody gets free lunch. So that's that's a good thing. <laughs> um, but since then, we've had to come up with other things to do to help kids in need, whether it's backpack drives or, you know, um, we did a pajama one for kids in foster foster uh, uh, home. Um, but we actually just partnered up with another uh, nonprofit called Sleep in Heavenly Peace. And they actually have it's it's pretty cool. So we have a whole warehouse behind this wall right here that we don't use at all. We don't need it. We don't use it. So and they didn't have a space. So we partnered up with them because what they do is, first of all, they'll have build days. They build essentially they build beds for kids that don't have beds. So they'll have build days and our whole team will come out here. Volunteers, their team will come out here and um, we build these beds uh, for these kids. And then we'll have delivery days and they've done some research on each family that we're going to go to that day and know that this kid likes dinosaurs, this kid likes unicorns, whatever it may be. So we deliver the beds, set them up in the house, install them, put the new mattress in, put the dinosaur sheets on the dinosaur pillow. So then the kid comes in and now they have a bed with a pillow and, and it's all dinosaurs or unicorn, whatever it may be. And they're super excited. So, you know, but you walk in these houses and they've got one, two, three, however many kids and they're sleeping on floors or sleeping in, you know, just on a layer of pillows or whatever it might be. And, and then they come in, and they see this new bed. It's, it's cool to see. But, Man, that is, that's, I like the name of it too. Sleep in heavenly peace. That's pretty, pretty, you know, it's funny this whole time we talk, that last little part is the part where you lit up the most. Like it was passionate for you. I could tell we're all, I mean, everybody here, we love doing. If you can't, if you're making money, if you're not helping anybody else with it, there's no point in having it, you know, in my opinion. So I love giving back to people. I love helping people out. Um, it's just what life's all about to me, man. Oh, I thought we were done about 15 minutes ago, but I'm glad we hung out like that. That, 
that was that last pit there was really good. Todd, uh, I, we're running at an hour. I don't want to take up any more of your time. Maybe we can get you back in the future. And maybe we bump into you at some point. You know, maybe hang out at our top rep event. I'll send you some info on that and maybe how you guys could help out with that if you want send to. Send me a shirt and I'll rep it. I'll buy it, whatever. <laughs> I got a shirt for you. I think we got three X. I need three X. I was going to say, that's a giant shirt. We're going to have to figure that out, but we'll get one for you for sure. Um, no, man, it, seriously, thank you for. Of being so ready, like I, I messaged you yesterday, you're like, yeah, I took it tomorrow. Let's do it. I love that was it. that was really cool of you, and uh, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate Absolutely. it. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. All right, if you'll hang out for a second, I'm going to go ahead and close the show, and we'll uh, we'll we'll talk in just a second. Perfect. All right, cool, guys. Do uh, another awesome show. Uh, it's one of those ones where uh, you know you, you kind of meet somebody new, and and you're not sure how it's going to go, uh, but. Uh, the thing that I kept noticing about Todd is anytime he talked about serving somebody else, um, he, he kind of lit up. There, there was uh, serving his people. There was his family, his wife, um, the, the folks that have come to work for him and, and how they have had their own history of addiction. Uh, 5013C, like all those things were where he was really getting the joy and life out of. And I think we can all learn something from that. I think that is where true joy is, is in, in serving other folks and, and hopefully serving them in a way uh, that uh, you make them better for it. I also notice a, a heavy uh, dose of discipline uh, and the importance of that in our lives. Um, anytime I interview these guys, they're doing really, really well. The one thing I notice about them to a T, 100%, they have a routine. There's a routine that they're in. And when they get out of that routine, things just don't feel right. They accomplish more. They uh, they get up early. That's another big uh, commonality between these folks that do so well. Um, so uh, if you're looking for a great place to work, it sounds like perimeter. You're in Georgia. You might want to go check these guys out. It seems like an awesome culture. And if you're looking for something like that, I'm sure you're going to look up perimeter.com or go find Todd Price on Facebook. And uh, I'm sure he'll have a home for you. Thank you very much for listening today. If you're looking at getting control of your business, growing your business and achieving that personal and financial freedom you wanted when you started your business, maybe we can help. Uh, go to our website, contractorcoachpro.com, click on our contractor assessment, take that assessment and we will sit down with you and we'll do a free coaching call, not a sales pitch or anything like that. It's an actual coaching call focused on that assessment. And we wanna help you in two or three areas of your business that you can take right away and improve what it is that you're doing on a daily basis. If nothing else, we've served you well. If you like it and you think coaching is good for you, um, we can get into that too. Thanks for being here today on Contractor Radio. If you're in the Atlanta area, we've got Top Rep coming up next Monday, the 7th and 8th of March, where it's our high performance training. It is not only intense, we learn a lot, a lot of fun, but there's also competition. And as salespeople, we like competition. Whether you're a rookie or a veteran, it doesn't matter. It's based on the content that you learn there. Anybody can be top rep and walk away with the title belt or in the top 10 and get one of these cool black shirts like we have and a cool trophy to walk away with. We love doing what we do. We love serving you guys. We look forward to seeing you on our next episode of Contractor Radio. Painted podcasts are produced by the Painted Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.